welcome back, um, everyone. It's been, it feels like it's been quite a while. So Emma, it's really good to be chatting uh, with you again. And uh, I hope that you've found the um, conversations, as I know you've had one with Lucy, and that's the first one we're going to be listening to, that you found them interesting. Tell us a little bit about um, how it went with Lucy. Yeah, so it, it has, it's been really good. And uh, what was really lovely about meeting and speaking with Lucy on this podcast was that we found that we went way back. And there were loads of connections between uh, when she trained in youth and community and applied theology and when I trained. So um, we actually pre-recording, we had a really good chat about how our world had intertwined uh, uh, back in the early 2000s. So that was really, really good. But yeah, it was great just chatting with Lucy. So she she explained a lot about Muddy Church, uh, which I won't go into anymore, otherwise that's going to spoil some of what she said. Uh, but she gave some beautiful stories of what happens when intergenerational ministry comes together and comes together really naturally when it's not forced and uh, yeah just some of the beauty of the stories that she tells they were they were just really heartwarming and uh, and the wonder of God. So for this second round of podcasts we're going to be focusing on intergenerational ministry which is absolutely huge at the moment but it does seem a little bit kind of elusive in that you know we hear of our churches and communities um doing some of it and grasping elements of it but there's very few where it's a really embedded part of the structures and culture of of their churches so it'd be great to be learning from all of our um, speakers that we've got and um and obviously Lucy with Muddy Church has been absolutely huge during lockdown um, and being able to get kind of families and maybe people gathering together outside and encountering God in that space so I really look forward to hearing what that contribution can sort of play into our conversation around intergenerational ministry. Well, I'm joined today by Lucy. And uh, Lucy, I wonder if you could begin by telling us who you are and what you do. Um, so uh, I do lots of different things, but uh, the reason I'm here today is I am the founder of Muddy Church. Um, which is an organisation and uh, we create resources that um, are freely available for people and look at finding ways to help people connect with their communities, with God and with nature going in the outdoors. Um, so it doesn't always involve getting muddy. Uh, it's more about noticing those things around us and developing that sense of um, spiritual physical, emotional and mental well-being through the outdoors. Uh, Lucy, I, I, I confessed to you earlier that I've been having a look on the website and, and uh, was really inspired by it all and really excited by it all, but I've never tried doing a muddy church. What was it that sort of got that enthusiasm and excitement for doing something that was outdoors? What was it that got all of that going? Oh, this is a big question. Um, so obviously people can't see me. If you could, you would see I'm very overweight. Um, I, I would really like to have my nails beautifully manicured, but they're not. Um, I am not like your Mother Earth kind of person at all. So doing anything outdoors and that idea of we're going for a walk is like my friends all laugh because I'm the last person 
that would ever be doing something like this, which is why probably God said, you do this just so that he could chuckle at me as I chuckled at myself. Um, I am, yeah, I'm not a great fan of my children getting covered in mud and being absolutely filthy. Um, you know, glitter is one of the, my biggest hates because it just goes everywhere. Um, paint's great at toddler groups or at school, but do we have to have paint and Play-Doh is banned from my house? So I am not the natural kind of person that you would go, oh, muddy church, Let, that sounds great. Um, but what it was, I, I, uh, a university lecture, and um, one of the things I've been teaching on is communities. And so a big part of that um, is a part of what I teach is about asset-based community development um, a, B, C, D, nice and simple to remember. Um, and it sounds a really fancy title, which is always good because it sounds like you're really clever at something. Um, but it's really simple. It's um, an idea about finding the gifts in your community. So um, my family and I were missionaries overseas and we kind of came back and said, God, we'll go anywhere, wherever you want us to go, we'll go. Thinking, you know, somewhere hot and sunny would be wonderful. Uh, I had some friends who were missionaries in Hawaii, that open to that God. Anyway, <laughs> God brought us back to exactly the town that we'd left from, um, which is a North uh, Nottinghamshire ex-mining town. I do have to admit it is in Sherwood Forest, which makes it sound much more appropriate for Muddy Church. But the truth is it's a deprived area. Um, and so I knew all the indices of deprivation. I could tell you how bad the generational unemployment was i could tell you how many you know that we've got one of the highest rates of teenage pregnancies in europe i could tell you all the negative things about my town because i'd been working and living here for a long time um but the challenge was to look instead and look for the assets what are the gifts in my community and uh, if you ask people they'd say the road out you know the, the best gift is the road out and i was like no you know, this is a place that, that God is. God lives in this place. So what does God see as special, as precious in this place? Um, and who does God see as special and precious? You know, because we can overlook people because of labels or historical things or, you know, all the issues around race, religion, gender and everything else. Age, we can say, oh, no, they, you know, they are discounted in some way. Um, and... I took my daughter for a walk to our local park um, and it's just a small, it's not even a park with swings and slides, it's a little park uh, with a pathway round, um, it's got a car park at the beginning and people have gone there for generations and they used to call it the humps and hollows because there's lots of it that's just kind of wild land, there's train tracks either side, there's the M1 running past not very far away so you can hear that. Uh, there's also a little stream. So there's this mixture of man-made and natural all together. And uh, I felt somebody had talked about this this, this phrase, muddy church. Um, and uh, I kind of gone like, I love that. I love that idea. And the person who said it to me, went, I said, are you going to use that name? And he went, no. I went, can I use the name? And he went, do what you like. So I went, great, I will do. And it was there that I felt God saying, uh, you should do muddy church here. I've been doing children's work and youth work uh, my background is i'm a youth worker um but i've been doing children and family especially so i've been working in our local school and doing a bible club at lunchtime it's a non-faith school 
and the children were so open to finding out about God and some of my background was godly play so I'd introduce that in different ways and wondering which is a huge part of what I believe in um, and done after school clubs Christian clubs with but honestly, there's nothing going to bring these people into our church no matter how fantastic a presentation no matter what a great holiday club no matter how many giveaways we do there's this huge gap between what people see as a welcoming church and what they they want or they need and so muddy church has been the answer to that it was just honestly going for so we we, we talk about wondering and wandering so i am not into hikes like although i was born in derbyshire grew up in derbyshire my worst nightmare is let's go for a hike in derbyshire i'm like no no please don't do that anything but that <laughs> even with the, even with the, the promise of a cake at the end of it i don't want to do that so wandering is that idea that it's easy it's accessible you know where we do it and what we always talk about is is it being accessible to people so thinking about your route you know and for some people yeah like i say ours is just on the edge of this little town and um, for some people sometimes we've done it in a, in a different park where there are swings and slides and um for some people it's using the resources and putting them on a railing outside their church because that's all the spaces they've got um, inner cities, people are doing it in open land or in graveyards. Some people are doing it in the churches. It's it's about what is the asset, what is the gift that you've got in your community. So every muddy church is different, and for some people, it is really it's it's them and God. It's not about an organised group at all. It's their space for their own mental and physical and emotional spiritual well being, mm. just to connect with God. Um, so yeah, sorry, long answer. <laughs> uh, absolutely brilliant answer, and and so exciting to hear. I, I was really taken by one thing that you said that you were doing the Bible study groups or Bible classes yeah. in school in a non-faith school, which is brilliant and fantastic. But that wasn't translating into an understanding of church necessarily. But the muddy church was having this translation across. Yeah. Can you explore a bit more about how that is manifesting itself? Yeah, so for us, in our setting, all we did was, um, all I did, was put up a poster at our toddler group um, and said, we're doing this at this park. It, it's, it's because it's on the edge of town, people could walk to it. So there's lots of people in our town probably not got cars or, you know, thinking about the environment, not wanting to drive somewhere mm. um, and so it was accessible in terms of walking it was free so it was accessible in that way um, and it was just a bit of time outside going for a walk and getting your you know for lots of people getting their children outside away from screens away from you know just the hassle of indoor things but not having a cost to it so it it's just it is about having that space for people. And um, we found that people have loved it and, and such a cross section. So I know some of the idea about that, you know, I talk about intergenerational ministry, I teach, taught on it. So it's, it's one of my passions as well, but that idea of it's open to all ages. So we've had people in their nineties and newborn babies walking alongside people. Mm. And, and it's been an amazing, as I've looked around, um, and it's not the same people every time, um, but it's also a lot of people who aren't connected to church. Um, 
but people who will come along and maybe walking their dogs and you know i'll be walking my dog anyway i'll join you for muddy church and wander with you um some older people who are really grateful for that companionship of having somebody to go on a walk with um mums you know single mums or married mums who and and dads sorry we've definitely got some dads who come along and um want somewhere that the kids can run and play and explore and ask questions but um it's not that restriction that some people fear in church you know and when you go to church it might be a place where the children can make a noise but it might not be as well and they've not got to worry about you know are they going to sit still are they going to make a noise are they going to fidget are they going to get bored because they're outside they can run about and you have that chance to talk to other people and explore faith as well so as you've been doing this and as you've been exploring faith have there been any sort of absolute gems that you've heard a child or an adult come out with as they've been wondering and as they've wondered yeah so i mean it it started so this is where it started um was within that school group um i'd got these key stage one children who'd come there were probably 12 um and one of them um was from a had got went to church the rest of them as far as i knew had no uh faith background christian or any other religion um, and I just said to them, we were outside one day and I said to them, um, can you go and find me something that is like God and bring it back? And I didn't say anything else, just that is like God. And uh, so they wandered off and kind of five minutes later, they came back and I said, oh, would you like to tell us what, what have you got? And one little girl had got this daisy and she started pulling the petals off it. And um, and I was kind of going like, oh, maybe she's going to do, he loves me, he loves me not. not yeah. <laughs> As you begin to think, oh, why is this going? How can I link this? Anyway, she pulled the petals off and then she held them in her hand and she threw them up and she went, God's like that, he is everywhere. And these daisy petals falling down like confetti were just, wow. And like I say, no church background that I, I'm aware of. And another little girl who I knew came from quite a difficult family situation and she just got a piece of bark, a piece of wood from a tree um, that she found that she hadn't peeled it off then, but don't get upset. She found it on the floor um, and she said, and I went, oh, you've got a piece of wood. Why have you got that? Um, you know, how do you think that's like God? Um, and she said, oh, it made me think. I remembered that um, Jesus died on a cross and the wood reminded me of the cross and I was like oh okay and I don't know where mm. she's heard the story of Jesus and the cross and this wasn't you know it wasn't Easter time that we were doing this mm. but there was something within her that had remembered this story and she saw the wood and she remembered about this Jesus who died on a cross and um, I was like whoa I don't I don't know where where God is going to take you with that you know and um there's been so many different things and it's not just children you know we, we have adults because the whole idea is wondering so we we invite people to wonder so i wonder what god is like um i wonder where god is you know i wonder if god likes this place looking at, at christmas one of we've got a wonder pack and and it's just got all these different questions and and uh, one of them is i wonder if god likes christmas mm. and it, it's they're really simple questions um but the thing with the wondering is it invites, instead of, you know, get onto a high horse about education, but 
we, we've gone from inviting children to wonder to inviting them to answer so mm -hmm. we ask what questions and we say what is this like what is god like what you know and it automatically makes us feel like we should know an answer and that you know the answer and i've got to find the right one mm -hmm. whereas when we invite wondering i wonder what god is like it invites people rather than being co confrontational so this idea of um, i wonder if god likes christmas just offers so many conversations well yeah because you know it's jesus's birthday yes because we all love christmas um or mm, i don't know whether god does like christmas because we've forgotten what it's about i don't know if god likes the commercialism i don't know you know if god liked the fact that he had to give his only son for yeah. us and what you know what christmas was that the painfulness of, of giving up your greatest gift you know was is that something that you like or was that already filled with pain you know and so the depth of the wondering questions is open for everybody and yeah so totally different questions as you're wondering around and sometimes it's it's just an opportunity to share life and you know um sometimes you know somebody who's been bereaved and that opportunity as you're walking alongside for them to talk about their life stories and the life issues but also then to introduce do you mind if i pray you know i pray for you or do you know i've been praying mm. for you and i know it's not easy um but it i think walking alongside people is so much less confrontational and allows those spaces and of all ages so one of my favorite stories is um one of one of the people on the muddy church is an amazing man been a missionary uh in his 90s and five foot nothing you know and he'd got kind of one of them those ski sticks to help him as he was walking and beside him was this tall gangly 13 14 year old probably six foot so this huge height difference between these two people one kind of youthful and full of energy and you know gangly but growing and this other older gentleman who's got life so rich and full and as they were walking ahead of me and there were some smaller children kind of running in and out and chatting and listening and moving on. And the older man was telling him, the young man some of his stories about his life. And the young man was asking those questions and, oh, tell me about that. Or oh, what happened? Where, where did you live? Why did you leave there? And this, this opportunity to share life between these generations that was so natural nobody mm. asked them to talk about this they just shared it and i went where else in the church would we see this where else do we see the generations having this opportunity to walk alongside each other to hear those questions and for the children you know when they've got those what why is that like god you know who how often do do we as a church get to hear those amazing wondering thoughts that children have that we can just pass off as oh how sweet how cute but actually they're so rich and challenge us in our theology as wow i wonder i wonder what i say god is like i wonder if i'd you know if my answer would come from my theology degree or if it comes from my heart and and where's the difference in that and let us have that childlike faith again that we see god as the confetti in life rather than just the you know knowledge on a paper oh you've just painted so many beautiful images that are going through my mind just seeing those petals going up and yeah. falling back down and just saying god is everywhere and like this it's just 
there's just so much beauty that I'm hearing from from what you're seeing and from what you're experiencing as a result of doing Messy Church. And right at the beginning, you you mentioned about 90-year-olds and babies, and then you've just given this beautiful story of the 13, 14-year-olds. What do you think are some of the key parts of intergeneral ministry, intergenerational ministry, really, that we church is made up sort of established church is made up of all ages and yet we're still quite good at saying well the children will go out to their group now and there are others who cluster over here and there are others who cluster over there what are some of the things that we are missing why is it so important to do intergenerational ministry um for me it's about the voice and everybody having a voice that is valid that is heard and being valued you know what does it say to our children when we send them out you know they you, it it for me you know you're you're going we're going to church and then you're going out of church which is maybe a good thing um to another room and you're going to do your bit there and you know maybe you're going to come back and tell us about it maybe you're not maybe you're going to have a picture at the end of the thing that nobody talks about or we put it on the fridge there's that kind of you do your thing over there and when you're old enough you can come and sit in church the problem is when they're old enough most kids don't want to sit in church because they've never felt that they're valued or they're included and i go where in the bible is that image from because when we look you know even thinking about the christmas story is all intergenerational if you take the characters we go from a newborn baby is the center of the story we've got possibly a teenage girl we've got a young adult man we've got anna and simeon who were at the end of their lives you know zachariah and we've we've got the whole range of of people of backgrounds working homeless everybody in that picture and everybody is part of the story and for me who who tells the story in that you know the story comes through a newborn baby they might not even have the words to be able to communicate it and yet their story comes out. And in church, I think so often, we've got to the point where we don't value the the voice of a child or what a child can do. And it's like, at what age do they become valid within the church and why? You know, I just don't understand it because I know my six-year-old, super clever or anything like that, it's just because she, she wonders and she's open to thinking, where is God? She asks us at the dinner table, where did you see God today? And the challenge as an adult and as a teenager sat around our dinner table, where did I see God? Well, to be honest, I was fairly grumpy driving to work. And, you know, I had a lot of work to do. And where did I see God? And she'll tell you, you know, oh, I saw God at lunchtime or I saw God was on the train in the playground. Was he? Tell me, how do you know that? How did you sense that? But that opportunity to kind of hear and to value people and to to know like you've got a voice you've got a, a part in god's story and in the bible it's it's full of all ages you know josiah the the young king david was was a shepherd boy when when he was anointed you know my favorite story is samuel when he's he's lying in bed and hears this voice calling him he jumps up and goes to eli and says what what master what do you want and eli says oh it wasn't me go back to bed child and he goes back to bed and he hears it again and runs again what what what, what do you want it wasn't me go back to bed and then eli suddenly realizes well it wasn't me it must be god 
And that God in that situation, there was Eli who served him faithfully all his life, an elderly man, and yet God is speaking to a child. I'm going, why, why do we not value that, that a child could hear and have a role and have a purpose and be a part of just the richness that that brings then to our community of faith, to our family? You know, I don't... Yeah, my children go and do their own thing. My daughter goes and plays Lego in the lounge while I'm cooking dinner. So in a way, it, it, it's that model of family is not necessarily wrong, but it's that importance of coming together and us all being able to share together. And again, the idea, you know, in the Jewish festivals, Passover is a, a fantastic one where we see that intergenerational um, idea that Jesus was grew up around the disciples you know it's it's all there it's all in the history of the Bible the asking of questions tell mm. me again those stories of old you know and and what happened and, and we'll do this next year in Jerusalem that you know it's not just about the past it's also about the future but we're all involved in this and we're all gathered together Wow. I, I there's something isn't there in this whole hearing of the voice yeah that is that is so paramount that is paramount for every generation yeah uh, and what you know what I loved I, I loved hearing you there talking about the voice of the child but I also in that analogy you gave earlier of the, the 13 year olds asking the questions of the gentleman yeah. um and and such a rich history and I think all too often in churches as, as generations get older yeah not so much of their voices heard yeah either yeah and there's this whole beauty of young and old and everywhere in between coming yeah. together yeah and, and sharing and and that beauty of, of wondering I'm, I'm going to take on a lot more of the wondering questions my my nine-year-old <laughs> wonders a lot yeah good encourage them uh, yeah i will I, she wonders an awful lot and it's absolutely fantastic the boys do less wondering but my daughter does a lot of wondering but it's again have you looked at this sort of the the i say theology it's not really the theology but a, a practice thing of, of making a window on life i think it comes from rachel turner's stuff doesn't it yeah yeah um making the window of um, being able to share faith. Is that part of the principle behind Muddy Church as well? Yeah, I think it comes up. I think, think like, so I've always said, like, one, Muddy Church isn't my idea, okay? So not only was the name not my, my idea, but the, the whole idea comes from Genesis 3, God walking in the garden and walking and looking for Adam and Eve. And even though God knew what had happened, you know, it wasn't like he didn't, he suddenly had some brain freeze and didn't know what had happened. He knew what would just happen, but he still called out for Adam and Eve. You know, so Muddy Church is that sense of right back from creation, this idea of a God who, who calls out for us no matter what we've done, no matter where we are. He still calls our name and still wants to walk beside us and amongst us. Um, but also just this, I think just this common sense and the simplicity of you know, how we share our faith, being, you know, being honest, and I know definitely Rachel Turner talks about that, you know, having those opportunities to walk alongside children. And and when my daughter says, where did you see God going? Do you know what? I don't think I even looked for God today. Mm. It was, I'm sure he was there. I just didn't notice, you know, and what, what then does that mean for me? Um, and, and celebrating, you know, the fact that you've noticed God and I didn't. 
and that that honesty and and yeah looking for those yeah windows of opportunity windows of faith windows of time and and space you know and one of the things for me is that the intentionality so it's not just we're going for a walk it's we're going for a walk and we're going to notice things and there's a lot of research around the importance of nature connectedness but for me the spiritual side of that is we are going to notice where God is, you know, and that might be, it might be a stick, it might be a leaf, it might be that one leaf that's holding onto a branch right now when the rest of the tree is empty. The mm. sky's just been amazing this week and, you know, we were looking this morning, I was driving to school, bad parents, but we, yeah, it's a four mile round trip, so I have to go in the car. Um, but the clouds were just like, so they looked like a mountain range. And we're like, oh, look at those. and it's good for us it's good for our our mental self it's good for our emotional self it's good for for our souls to recognize you know and i go wow look at the sky again it's pink again tonight really the the glory of god the skies do declare the glory and just oh. inviting that sense of what what do you notice about god where do you notice god and yeah opening up those spaces in you know in the school run in the chatting with a friend in the in the joys and the lament you know and that's one of the things the seasons show us they're changing seasons and and how beautiful autumn is when the leaves are all falling off and changing color <coughs> that it's still a time when you know it could feel like we're going into decline and to death and yet there's so much beauty within that and yes finding just finding the simplicity and noticing it, I think, is so important. I think, I don't know about you, but I, I do think that we've lost a lot of the awe and wonder mm. in life generally. I think we've become quite narrow focused in, you know, mindsets and everything else. And, and we need reminding to go looking for the beauty and the awe and the wonder of creation. And I think lockdown actually helped us. I know we don't yeah. want to talk about COVID and everything else, but actually, you know, the number of people, as we were locked into our spaces, when we became aware of the community around us, the people and the places, you know, people who are going, I didn't know this was on my doorstep or going for that, you know, one hour wonder or whatever, and actually seeing people who live right by you, but you've never met before. Um, but also the people, you know, noticing the leaves coming onto the tree noticing the buds going in the garden and planting things we we had that opportunity that if we've got to find some good in in a horrible situation seeing that actually we in our slowing down and forced slowing down we were able to notice some of that awe and that wonder and not to lose that but to hold on to that and keep thinking wow you know i don't want to get too busy that i forget how amazing god is and how amazing you know i do stress you know we we don't worship nature we worship the creator you know and it's that importance that our focus isn't just on oh this is beautiful but thinking about where is god in this mm. beauty and why why did god create this beauty when we are setting to destroy it and how does that make god feel yeah one of the things that we're really passionate about um, from the CYF Roundtable within the Baptist family is about uh, joining the dots between church and home and school. Yeah. 
to me, from what you're saying, Muddy Church is one of those things that just very naturally joins dots between all those places. Would you say that's been intentional? Would you say that has just, it just happens? (laughs) Um, So I'm probably not the greatest reflector in the sense of, oh, what what was all that about? Uh, I think... So I would say it's happened quite naturally. I would also say, because um, lots of people say like, well, about when I'm talking about Muddy Church, I go, well, lots of it kind of reflects who I am and the journey I've been on and the things that I've found have helped me and helped students that I'm teaching and, and what I've learned from other people's experiences. So, you know, because I was involved in doing schools work, I think that's part of my mind anyway, thinking about how does this connect and and we have altered some of the resources so that they can they can be used not just in re within schools but within kind of the wider curriculum you know and particularly thinking about well-being and the importance of that um but also that space then that i think it, it just flows because it it works for me it works at all across all people in the community um and uh, so one of one of the most amazing one of my daughter's best friend um her family haven't got church involvement at all and a church near t- to us in the next village um where the, her school is we're doing muddy church and so i've kind of gone oh i can help if you want me to but you know i don't want to push in uh, but here if i can serve you at all so um i i was helping at one they were holding it at three churches and my friend said, oh, I'm going to, we're, we're going to go to Muddy Church. We're going to go to Muddy Church because she's heard me talking about it. Um, are you going to be there? So I went, oh, I'm not going to be at the one you're going to, but I'm going to another one. And um, she, she went, her husband, her two children and their dog went for the, to the Muddy Church, went for a wander. And her husband's really interested in church history and the church that they went to, he'd wanted to go in for years but had never, he's non-believer, you know, and would say, I don't believe in any of that, but is interested in the history of the church. Mm. And the lady who was there, not knowing any of this at all, invited them in and so he was asking questions and she was telling him about the church. And so they went in and they found like all about the font and everything. And then he was like, oh, I'd love to get the girls baptised there. And then she was talking about then actually we think we're going to start going there to their family service once a month and i'm kind of going like wow i I kind of i talk about this for muddy church but when it's your like a really good friend one of your best friends who you've not really had many faith conversations with and totally out of the blue she says you know we went to muddy church and it, it opened this door for us to start going to church and to take in the girls church and she said then now I, I was brought up I went to church as a little girl and I'd like the I'd like my girls to do that yeah. and to to have that background she said but you know we've life's been busy and we've we've sometimes we go at Christmas and and I was gonna go wow one I didn't know any of that in your background but not only her and the girls but her husband wants to go and what and I'm not sure about the you know his thoughts around the baptism and stuff but just going he he's got this seed somewhere about faith and it's those natural things that we don't know what god's going to do as we start something as we do something you know and it might just be you going for a walk with your friend and having one wondering question and asking that together 
it might be organizing a you know we're, we're going and doing this and we're gonna have these activities and you know everybody like I say does it differently it's not that one's right or one's not right but it is about those spaces to join the dots or you know I think about those bridges between things mm. that you know who knows where where those lines will be where the bridges will be where you know what the picture will look like in the end and the beauty of this is that it is just so accessible yeah so accessible and you're not necessarily saying well we can only do this if we've got a group of five or a group of 20 you really can you can go for a walk with a friend yeah yeah go for a walk with a child you can go you can go anywhere with anyone yeah, I've done it. So I've done it just with, with my six-year-old. We've gone for a walk to the park and she, she's obviously slightly biased, but she she will say like, oh, we're doing Muddy Church. And I go, oh, we're always doing Muddy Church. Um, you know, she she doesn't see Muddy Church as an organised event at all. It's what we do. And she just does it anyway. She's like, look at these trees, look at the rings and, you know, things like that. Um, we've had quite a number of people. So we've worked with Linking Lives um, and you know, going and developing mentoring relationships and friendships between people with loneliness and mm-hmm. using some of those wondering questions as a as a way into a discussion and into that relationship. It could be in a care home. We've got a number of people using them within care homes, sitting in the garden or even just through the window and looking and what I wonder, I wonder where God is today. Mm. I wonder if we can see God's footprints anywhere. I wonder if you can sense God is near. So it, it does, and yeah, like you say, it's free. So all the resources are free to download on the website. Um, but equally, it's it's free to go for a wander, you know, and that's a big part of it. We, we always say, try not to kind of put any cost onto it. So even car parking or, you know, some people do picnics and things, thinking, can everybody afford that? Now, we uh, we used to end ours at a community cafe, so it's supporting a local business, but I would buy everybody a drink um, because I didn't want anybody to ever, ever feel like they couldn't come. And coming with, as a mum with four children, I know, even just buying ice creams on a day out, you know, if they're two pounds each, mm. you know, that's eight pounds. And, and actually that's quite a lot out of people's budget. So being thoughtful of those things, but, you know, if we're doing crafts, we say, please use, you know, nothing against Baker Ross, but you don't need to do a Baker Ross or yeah. for pine cones. Just go and find them as part of your wonder. Find some sticks, tie them together. Loads of like the Christmas crafts are just beautiful because they're natural. You know, mm. not using plastic and painting and, and the glitter, you know, like. <laughs> but environmentally, it's trying to do that. In terms of volunteers, you know, lots of people I know have struggled starting mm. things back because of lack of volunteers and things like that but it's not you don't have to have 27 volunteers on a rotor and you know Dorothy's going to do the dishwashing and Jeff's no. going to do this and somebody's going to be in the car park it's you know I've done it just me because I'm just inviting some friends for a wander and mm. you don't need lots of people for that you might you might have a couple of people who you share that idea you might have a team of people who are all up for it and one of the things people often say, sorry, I feel like I'm going on now, but one of the things people often talk about is the weather and saying like, oh, but it's winter, you know, nobody wants to go out in the winter. And we've not found that true at all. We found actually the numbers change regardless of the seasons. And sometimes the sunniest days that you think, oh, beautiful, muddy church weather, fantastic. Um, actually, people are out doing other things or just going for a family picnic or, you know, going to the 
paddling pools or you know so they don't want to come and do another activity which is great because they're doing something else um but we found you know the only time we haven't done it was in really high winds because where we are there's trees and the risk of mm. a branch falling um we've had other muddy churches that haven't done it when it's been really really heavy rain because of the ground being slippy so thinking about your community you know what might be those hazards i'll tell you what some of the best ones we've ever done are in the snow you know because like who doesn't want to go out and go sledging and snowball fighting <laughs> and building a snowman together and going home and getting a hot chocolate or sharing you know right oh. i'll bring the hot chocolates you come and gather um so it's you know and even that throwing it down with rain and the cold wind but how alive that makes you feel when your cheeks are tingling and you know you're dripping wet and you wearing glasses like me you know you can't see you need windscreen wipers but there's something so alive and and that sensory idea of being connected to this world really comes through that maybe more than just on those days when it's pleasant and nice and and you know like it's easy to do so um yeah any weather is great oh it's just wonderful to hear you talk about it, Lucy. You come with such enthusiasm and joy and beauty. And, and I know I've got the privilege of being able to see you as we're having this conversation. And our listeners don't have that. But I hope for the listeners at home that has really come across because you are so passionate about this and rightly so. And uh, I just hope and pray that we can have some of those beautiful experiences that yeah. you've shared with us. Uh, because I'm I'm just delighted to have been able to share time with you today and hear just what awe and wonder and beauty there is in God our creator it's amazing thank you Lucy for spending time with us Uh, thank you for sharing your hearts and we pray every blessing on your ministry thank you I think you can probably hear that we had a great time chatting together and uh, yeah I don't know how you felt about the the stories that she told or or what sort of stood out in in what she was saying but um, I was just so enthused and excited by these stories of you know the 90 year old gentleman having this conversation with the 13 year old boy and just the picture that brought to mind was just beautiful. Did anything stand out for you? Well, no, it was the element of stories. And uh, well, she, she tells a good story. And I really hope that that is the story that captures the, the kind of listeners there, because that kind of moves your heart into a different place, doesn't it? And maybe can impact the choices and decisions that we might be able to make around um, the ministry that God has called us to. So, yeah, great storyteller. And actually, it really feeds in nicely with um, next week's kind of guest, because... Uh, they very much is Gemma and she talks about using stories across the generations and we yeah we talk about like um what are some of the sort of common languages in terms of storytelling food's a common language and so actually is this yeah the power of the story is it's good mm-hmm. yeah I mean she she did do herself down she sort of made all sorts of comments about her her image and she is a beautiful gorgeous gorgeous woman to be able to have that conversation with her so um she did do herself down bless her but for somebody who who really did identify with uh so those that were 
if you've just listened to this podcast, you will know that uh, Lucy doesn't do glitter. I don't really do glitter. How can you be 20 plus years in youth work and don't do glitter? I'm not quite sure, but I am still there. And we both have, uh, have banned Play-Doh from our, <laughs> from our houses. But in terms of being able to go out and relate intergenerationally, it was just really wonderful to hear. So I wonder what stood out for you as you listened. I wonder what your next step is. I wonder who else might join this conversation with you. Until next time. Keep joining those dots. Thank you.